my goal is to sound intelligent. Okay. And put together. Basically. Okay. It's like it's always my goal when we do these things, but I really want to do it this week. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Tremendous, a podcast about houseplants. I am Brady Valentino, and with me, as always, you know her, you love her, it's Catherine Banks! Woohoo! Back with another episode. Back on our bullshit. Yes, you could say that too. Houseplants 2, Electric Boogaloo. Houseplants 2.1? Or is it 2.2? Ooh, ooh, unfortunate discussion. So yeah. before we get started, I guess since it's been brought up, we should say we recorded this episode, I think two weeks ago, three weeks ago at this point, and don't know what happened, but the recording got severely fucked up to the point where it was recorded to a single audio track, which already made it difficult to edit. But somehow my responses to what Catherine was asking were recorded before she actually asked them on the track. So everything was completely out of sync and the end result was we were talking over each other and it got worse the longer the recording went on and eventually we got to a point where we just could not edit around it anymore and decided to check it out. I'm kind of an audio snob. Like if something has bad audio, I just don't listen to it. But I do like there are some like ex- exceptions, especially with our podcast. There's little glitches here and there. I'm like, oh, that's fine. Just put it out. But that one was just like not acceptable at all. Like yeah. I couldn't even get through it. I was going to say like we have a lot of audio problems on this podcast. It's kind of becoming our thing at this point, which is okay. And like I shouldn't feel the same way as you do because of that. But I do like there's a podcast I listen to every week and they put out a, an episode a few weeks ago and um, the host recorded a disclaimer before the episode started rolling where he's like, Hey, so I don't know what happened, but my good audio got screwed up. So we're just using the Zoom recording for my end of things. And I was like, well, I enjoy the podcast. I'm still going to listen to it. And I got like 30 seconds in. I was like, no, it's so noticeably different and bad compared to the other audio. I just couldn't do it. That's a bummer. Yeah, but enough about bad audio. Let's not will more of it into existence. What are we talking about today? (laughs) Today we're talking about houseplants, my favorite topic. Your specialist subject, some would say. Some would say. Not me, but some would. It's me. I'm some. <laughs> yeah, well, I feel like I could talk about houseplants forever. Like, the topic is endless for me. Well, you know, like, I, I could, could listen whole... to you talk about houseplants forever. Okay, stop being romantic. Don't interrupt me. I was going to say I could have a whole other podcast about houseplants. Without me? <laughs> no, you can be there. Oh, what you're saying is you could have a whole other episode. No, a whole other podcast just about houseplants oh, just in a, addition to our... Just houseplant specific. What would you call it? Plant Parenthood. <laughs> oh, shit. I forgot to turn the sound effects back up, so I'm hitting this button. And nothing was happening. <laughs> Welcome back to Tremendous, a podcast with audio issues. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> that didn't last very long. We were doing so good. I know. But back to houseplants, I I could talk about them forever. And that's what I do a lot about. Uh, that's what I do at work mostly is talking to people about how to take care of houseplants and things like that. And then at one point I had over 50 personal houseplants in my own home. How in the heck? Down to about 
I don't mean to interrupt as I always do, but how in the heck do you have 50 house plans? Okay, at one point I had 50 house plans. Uh, probably because every time we get a new shipment, I would find something that was really cool that I didn't already have. And I'm like, okay, one more house plant. Like one a week isn't bad. And then people start gifting me house plants. And I start finding really good deals and just kind of builds. And it just keeps growing because it you does. have but a now, sickness. But now I have about 10 house plants. Okay, that's a much more reasonable, imaginable number. I have. I was going to ask you to guess how many I have, but you're, you're, you just know the answer. I have two and a half houseplants is what I'm going to officially count it at. Mm-hmm. It's okay. You've taken baby steps. Yes. I uh, have killed one entire plant, killed the half a plant, but it has since returned and <laughs> have the utmost confidence that I will continue killing houseplants in the future. I will admit though, the, from going from having 50 to 10, those like 40 that are missing right now, partially due to dying. I will, I'm not perfect at taking care of house plants. Do you miss having them or are you relieved that you no longer have to take care of 50 plants? I do miss having them because it's fun and it's pretty, but I am happy not to take care of them anymore because I already spend 40 hours a week taking care of plants. I don't need any more like... Any more work at home that's plant related? Other than a podcast, of course. Of course, yeah. yeah. This, this we're, is not, different. we're not stopping this train. No, we have matching jackets now. Oh, we should post a screenshot of us in our matching hoodies while we record this. We are cute mm-hmm. as fuck. We have, uh, they are, I don't know, what do you call this color green? I think the closest thing you could call it would be forest green, but it's not really foresty. Like it's too, it's too light and like saturated for that. It's like a mix between neon green and forest green. Yes, but very, 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 very lightly neon green. Like just enough to put it off of forest. If forest green was a little bit brighter than forest green. Yeah. If if the forest had a little more hope, (laughs) it would be this color. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so we have matching uh tremendous hoodies they have our logo and our name and then they're this an indescribable green color they're incredibly soft and only one other person outside of us has it so it's an exclusive that one other person is a family member i, mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't want to leave it up to interpretation where it's like oh some random person managed to get a hoodie because then other people may or may not be like, well, I want a hoodie. Right. And I don't want to charge people money for our dopey little podcast hoodies. But I also don't want like yeah. everyone to have one. Exactly. One day we could have merch if we get famous enough. Well, we kind of do have merch. Like we, there's, there are three hoodies in existence and some face masks. And stickers. And stickers. Yes. I do love a good sticker. We have merch. It's just not for the public. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, yes, that is very true. It is internal merch. Mm -hmm. So Mm. what do we got on the houseplant docket today? I lost my list. Shit. You lost your notes. So it seems we have more than just audio issues. Hey, I found them. I want (sighs) to. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. So. My main topics today is I wanted to talk about um, seasonal things about houseplants. 
So like in spring and summer, plant the house plants do all of their growth. But fall and winter, it's a little bit different. You actually have to change your care for the winter season because... So go let me ask you a question to start off. What is a perennial houseplant? Is that the one that is like it survives year round and continues growing every year? Uh, perennial houseplants don't exist. Perennials are outside. Oh, my bad. Okay, so what would you call a houseplant that can like survive indefinitely as long as you take care of it? You would consider it like evergreen. Okay. I mean, I, I could have guessed that, which like to me is a bad sign because like if it's that obvious, you know, <laughs> then it's okay. But maybe that just means I'm learning because that was my first instinct. But I was like, no, it can't be that obvious. I'm not that smart. No, well, no, it is a good question because in fall, sometimes your houseplants will drop some leaves. They'll drop like the older mature leaves where the leaf will just turn yellow. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily mean that you did something wrong or that there's something wrong with the environment that it's growing in. It just happens to drop its leaf, kind of like the leaves drop outside. So it does go through a little bit of a change like so that's, that. That's normal because the lily I have, the I think it's a lily, the one you got for me, the one that's on my desk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of the leaves have turned like yellowy, light brownish in color. And I was worried that they were just, oh, I don't like the face you're making. That's bad then. Well, how many leaves turn color? Two or three of the like five or six of them. Where in the plant? Like the actual leaves. Or I guess it's like like, the actual, the flower part. Oh, the flower. That's fine. You just cut that off. Oh, okay. And then they'll, some new ones will regrow. Yeah. So just so you know, not, there's nothing that flowers forever. Other than you. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) yeah so common like fall houseplant things so in the fall and winter we have less daylight during the day so your plants are working less and they Mm. require less water so cutting down on watering is a really good fall tip okay and Mm. then um the the next thing i want to talk about is a houseplant pest problems so it's there. I want to go over two really common houseplant pests that people usually get in the winter. Okay. These are specifically winter. No, you can get them year round, but these okay. ones are really common for winter. Okay. So the first one is fungus gnats. And I help like two customers a week who have fungus gnats. So a fungus gnat is, it kind of looks like a fruit fly, but it's a little bit different. Bigger, and smaller. You know have, uh, it's a little bit smaller. smaller? Yeah. So, you know, you have fungus gnats when you go up to the plant and you like either water the plant or shake the foliage and they fly around. That's they're just they're really more annoying than damage causing. Mm-hmm. But it is a fungus gnat. And so it's really common for fall and winter because you're supposed to cut back on watering. So if you don't cut back on watering, the mo- the, air- the environment is really moist and they love that. And the number one pest control trip tip is to know what kind of pest you're trying to control could because then you can break the life cycle of the pest. Mm-hmm. And so specifically for fungus gnats, what you're seeing it flying around is the adult bug. And what you can do to help, ooh, what, was what you can do to help is to remove the first inch of soil around your houseplant because that's where the fungus gnats lay their eggs. Okay. So once you get rid of the, any eggs or larvae in the soil, Replace it with fresh potting soil and then a really, really thick layer of sand. And that helps because it stops the fungus gnat from the adult fungus gnats 
from getting into the soil and laying more eggs. So you get if you get rid of the babies, you stop the next generation. And essentially, eventually they'll go away. So does the sand go at the very top? Yeah, it's the very top layer after you replace the top okay, layer of soil. So fresh soil and then sand. And yeah. is the sand like a deterrent? Like they're not interested in sand or like they don't enjoy being near sand. So they just stay away. They just can't get through it, through it as a material. Whereas the soil oh, okay. is a little bit, can be a little bit smaller and they can get through it. Right. Yeah. There's more air in between soil particles. Like sand is very mm-hmm. dense. Yeah. Yeah. So it's hard for them to get back in to lay their eggs. So you're stopping the cycle. And then if you want to get rid of the adults, which is the ones that are flying around, you would put a sticky trap in them. And they're usually like a little like yellow tapey thing that once a fungus gnat lands on it, it sticks to it and it dies. So where would you those put are those? your solutions. You would put it on a stick and put it in your soil. And then it just like, like a, it just stands up like a flag out of the soil. Yeah. And then they'll occasionally fly into it. Not occasionally as if they can like get out and do it over and over again, but eventually they'll <laughs> fly into it and get stuck. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. And then you also want to cut back on your watering. I know it seems like you always think, Oh, I need to water my plant. I need to water my plant. But if you're keeping things too soggy, they love it. So that will help. And also spacing out your house plants more so that there can be more airflow through, through them. Keeping your plants too soggy is also just a great way to kill them. I have learned. Mm-hmm. That's a very common way to uh, kill your house plant. I call it too much love. Too much love. I call it forcibly drowning. It's <laughs> <laughs> much more violent. Well, yeah, well, what you're doing is when you're overwatering, you're causing root rot and the um, the roots can't breathe and then the plant rots from the bottom up. Yeah, I've seen it happen. That's how the tree died. Mm-hmm. I didn't adjust my watering schedule going into the winter months. And I only, <laughs> well, I mean, I discovered it because it was very obvious the tree was dead. But then when I removed it from the pot, there was just a giant layer of mud at the bottom and the water just couldn't be absorbed by anything and the tree couldn't get any more water and it died. Mm-hmm. You know what? Yeah. It still haunts me literally because it's still on my balcony and it's been super windy recently and it just keeps flapping the dead fronds <laughs> against the window and keeping me up at night. And not only is it like a, it's a Dracaena cane. So like the main trunk of the plant is like a big cane stalk. And so yep. it's pretty heavy and dense. You need to compost that or throw it in the trash. <laughs> I do. But like, there's nowhere, I guess like we have food waste in the building. I don't, I don't know if it yeah. would be the right thing to like put it in the food waste, but I don't also don't want to be the person that brings a tree down to the garbage room. And then like someone sees me shoving it into the trash compactor. Like that's just not a good look. Maybe you could cut it in half and then bag it up for trash and then no one will know about what you did. Well, you recommended to test that it was dead. Which, okay, I'm still not sure this was a great idea, but it did confirm that it was dead. But you recommended cutting into the trunk. And, like, I think it was seeing if there was any color left. Mm -hmm. And because we all pretty much assumed it was dead anyway, this was more of a formality. I didn't question it too much. But wouldn't cutting a giant hole in the trunk kill it if it wasn't already dead? No. So what it is, okay, for your plant, it's a really dense bark. And this is a technique that you can use indoor and outdoor. But what you would do is you're basically scraping at the bark of anything, and that will kind of give you an insight to what's going on inside. And if you scrape at the bark of something and it's and it comes out to be dry, white, or brown on the inside, you know it's dead. 
So, and you should just give up. You, you're done. You failed. <laughs> okay. I, but, sorry, continue. But if you scrape at it and it's green on the inside, you know that there's still a chance. So you're not like taking a giant chunk out of it. You're just kind of trying to get a little peek inside. Okay. I don't know if you said scrape and if you did, I misinterpreted, but I did not <laughs> scrape it. I, I cut like a wedge into the <laughs> trunk, like a, a, not a giant wedge. Cause I didn't have a saw. I had to use a bread knife to do it and it was very difficult. <laughs> But yeah, I, I, what I did was cut a hole into the tree because I thought that's what you meant. So I was like, I was doing it. I was like, this is just going to kill the thing if it's not already dead. But was it dead inside? Oh, it was, it was dead as fuck. As, Petrified. As an old friend used to say, it was done like dinner. <laughs> yeah, but it's a good technique for indoor or outdoor if you're wondering if your plants are gone or not. Scrape, guys. Do not cut holes. Yeah, don't cut <laughs> holes. Just a little, just even with your fingernail. Yeah, that would have been a lot better. Uh, now I'm like, not that I'm glad it's dead, but I'm like glad it was dead and I didn't like torment it to death. You know what I mean? <laughs> you glad that chapter's closed. Yes. Even though, like I said, it I've, still literally haunts me. I've literally killed so many plants. And like, I always say, I've said this on the podcast many times and I say this to people in the store. I'm like, if you're not a gardener till you kill something. It's like the scientific process. Once you know what not to do, you can deduct what to do and how to take care of it. See, that's like, that's a good line, but you, it's very easy to kill something on the first try. Yeah. Right. So like, that's if, why you gotta go if, back and buy more, but like doing it once and then killing something and then being like, I'm a gardener by your rules is true, but I don't think it should be true. No. Cause then you hopefully would feel compelled to buy another one to try out a different technique for care. I, I mean, reasonable people maybe could be compelled to try it again. Mm-hmm. I think Well, other people would be like, oh, this is dumb. I don't want to keep killing things. I'm like Jeffrey Dahmer. I, a lot of people, <laughs> I have a lot of customers that come in and they're like, I kill everything. And I'm like, join the club. But really, like, there's like two sections of houseplants. There's the tropical houseplants, which are like the leafy greens, the ones that grow in like Florida, Hawaii, and below. Mm -hmm. And then there's like, and then there's succulents and cacti. And those are the ones that grow within the deserts in the south. So typically, and cacti and succulents are way easier to take care of. So if you're like someone who is killing every fucking thing, just get a cactus. You have to water it like maybe once a month, maybe not even. And that's why most of my houseplants that I currently own out of those, you know, 10 mm-hmm. are succulents and cactus because I can neglect them. And then obviously, like, I'll see when the leaves are shriveled. I'm like, oh, it's time for your monthly water. They're also good if you have pets because the pets aren't constantly trying to eat the leaves. Succulents are toxic to cats. But cats won't try to eat them. Like, I've never, seen so? a, I've never seen a cat try to eat a succulent. And I've had a fair few. Well, that's interesting. Maybe, well... You know, I had you grow the cat grass mm-hmm. so that they would eat the cat grass instead. I'm wondering if it's just they're just attracted to tropical plants more than they are desert plants. It could be. They did eat the hell out of that cat grass to the point where they were like digging in the soil to find more. And I had to remove uh, like I had to put the pot somewhere where they couldn't reach it because the grass just wasn't growing again. Sorry, I lost my headphone for a sec. That's okay. I noticed no one else would have known if you didn't say anything. So we'll just, we'll cut it out. 
No. We'll cut out you talking about dropping your headphone because no one noticed. Oh, okay. But yeah, that's that's pretty fun. I'm glad you had success growing your cat grass. Me too. That actually reminds me. I need to go now that it has been like on a very high shelf where they can't get it. It has grown taller than it was before. So I feel like I should bring Mm -hmm. it down and put it back out for them. And cat grass is a safe like seed you can sprout for your cat to eat. It's just a weed grass. Oh, I just realized we never talked about the second pest. (laughs) I assumed we were going to get back to it at some point. Well, welcome back to the first segment, uh, houseplant pests. The next one is called spider mites. Are they real spiders? They are not real spiders. They're more like a mite because you can barely see them. Then why are they called spiders? Uh, They're called spider mites because they form a webbing on the plant. Oh, okay. So they're like like wannabe spiders. They're like the posers down in the club. Poser down in the club? Yeah. Yeah. And um, so, you know, you have spider mites. If you have webbing at the base and you can't find an actual spider. And when you have leaf damage, that kind of looks like, I call it like mosaic leaf, but it's when the leaf is starting to lose color, Mm -hmm. but there's still some um, chlorophyll in the leaf. So it's like green, light green, and it's just like a speckled pattern across the leaf. And that's because the spider mites are sucking the life out of the leaf. (laughs) So they're like vampires. A little bit. Yeah. Little vampires that you can't see on your houseplants uh, trying to kill them. I'm just looking at my plant now because I have like spots like that on some of the leaves. And I don't think it's spider mice because if it was, you wouldn't be able to wipe those spots away. Right. Because it's like Correct. physical color missing from the plant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, you're- sorry. Go ahead. No, it's okay. And your leaf won't recover. It won't go back to going green after it has the mosaic pattern on it. So once the mite's in there, the plant's donezo? Or like those leaves are donezo? Yeah, those leaves are donezo. And that kind of goes with the care to to get rid of them is to um, first clean your plant off really well. Mm -hmm. Spray spray away any of the um, webbing or things like that. And then if you can prune off the infected leaves obviously if it's the whole plant you don't want to prune all the leaves off of it but prune off the lower infected leaves and then you're going to want to either spray it with an insecticide that's specific for mites which they do carry some there's one called like mite x or whatever i, mm-hmm. I haven't used it before but that's what that's what i recommend to people in the store and you can also put compost tea on it and compost tea is when you take composted material and you literally make it like a cup of tea and you put it in a little tea bag and you submerge it in a big five gallon bucket and the composted material comes out as a tea. And then you use that tea to wipe off leaves and to water your plant and it will help build its strength. Do you have to prune the leaves that have been spider mited? You don't. And like, that's a good question. Because like it, it's not something that can spread to the rest of the plant, right? Uh, not if there's any pests. It left right like if you get rid of the pest then the thing can't spread correct but you might be compelled to cut the leaves off because then you have a plant that is working to maintain these damaged leaves but also slowly grow new leaves so if you take off the damaged leaves it's not worrying about healing those leaves it's just working on new growth or root growth so the plant will continue trying to heal those leaves even though it can't 
Yeah, basically, biologically, plants will try to the very end. That's interesting. I would have just assumed that the plant would have understood that, like, it's a lost cause. And, like, maybe just giving it, like, enough life to sustain rather than trying to actively (laughs) heal it. Because, like, I'm, like, picturing in my head a plant could look interesting if some of it was, like, two-tone with those spots. And some of there's, like, new full-color stuff growing around it. Like that would, I would think would be an interesting looking plant and I wouldn't necessarily be inclined to prune those if I didn't have to. It looks sickly and to, and eventually to a point the leaf will die off. I don't know how fast it depends on the situation, but eventually it will get yellow and then brown and then fall off. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> it doesn't completely function right if it has like bugs sucking like the chlorophyll out of it. Even if the bugs are gone and not actively killing it anymore. Correct. Once the once the leaf's been damaged, it can't be fixed. Poor leaves. I know. Yeah. So another good tip is to when you're buying a new house plant, you might want to quarantine them somewhere in your house that's separated from your current house plants. That way, you're not bringing anything new into the environment, and you can watch for pests and things like that. And quarantine is the 2020 word of the year. Not really, <laughs> but that's it's my 2020 word of the year. I think it'll probably end up being the word of the year. Yeah. So just keeping your house plants that you get from nurseries and grocery stores away from your other ones, just to make sure it doesn't have spider mites or fungus gnats and you can combat it before it takes over your whole household of plants. How far away should you keep them? In a different room if you can, because a lot of these houseplant books we talk about, they're considered windsurfers. Mm-hmm. So they just got to be in the area with your other plants where they can just hop on the wind and hop onto your next plant. To devour it. Do these pests like need the plant to survive? Like, for example, if you were to bring home a plant and it had the pest and you quarantine it in a different room and it had no other plants to get to, but it was still leaving the plant it's on and ending up like on the floor or furniture or like, God forbid, on your pets or whatever, like, will that become a problem or will they just die out without the plant to feed off of? Okay. So, there's going to be some exceptions to the rule here, but it does. Most houseplant pests are not like parasitic, where they need the plant to live, and most houseplant pests do not transfer on to animals. So, like, you're not going to find a mealybug on your dog. <laughs> but if you had your houseplants outside and there were fleas outside, and your the the um the fleas got onto your plant, and then you brought your plant in, could jump from a uh, plant to dog. You know? Okay, so like. Pest plants necessarily don't try to leave the plant or like don't Correct. end up leaving the plant once they're on it. Correct. Okay. Until they destroy it and they need something else to suck on or eat. So what if they destroy it and then you don't clean it up or dispose of it and it's just sitting there dead? Like, will they eventually just die out in the pot or would they then uh, try to leave? They would probably try to leave and migrate to another plant. What if there's no other plant in sight? Then they die once you put it in the bag. Uh, then once you put it in your trash bag. But again, what if you just leave it there? I don't know what happens. I never leave it there because it's usually gross when when like it's like dead when organic material sitting on your kitchen yeah. counter. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I've killed a lot of house plants. Not pest related, just lack of attention usually. But it's funny because 
I told Brady, oh, I don't. You, the last time we recorded this podcast, I told Brady, oh, I'm not really into buying houseplants anymore because I can't take them across the border and they're too much work for me. And I'd rather just put money into our garden outside. And then he's like, oh, okay, yeah, you don't buy houseplants anymore. Yeah, right. And then the next day I came to work and there was a houseplant I'd never seen. And I really fucking wanted it. So I bought it. And he's just like editing a podcast right now about Catherine buying plants, <laughs> claiming she doesn't do it. But then she sends me a text a day later and I want everyone to know I am not perfect. Well, first of all, you sent me that text as I was editing the audio of you saying you don't buy houseplants on a whim anymore. There's no day later about it or anything. It was at the exact same time. So I felt like it was my obligation to tweet about it. You know, once we get in the same household, I'm going to fill the house with houseplants and it's going to be freaking amazing. You're going to have a really bad time with the cats because they no, will have, eat anything in sight. I have a plan. What's the plan? I don't want to share it. Well, please share it because <laughs> I currently have plants that they're trying to eat and it could be very helpful. <laughs> no, what I'll do, depending on where we live, is create a way to hang plants from the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Or make set up some type of shelving unit that they, that they just can't access. It just has to be really high and yeah. like being no like lower shelf by it. Yeah, right now I just I have them on my desk, which isn't the best spot, but they're kind of elevated. And then I have like a computer mm-hmm. and a monitor uh, and a microphone and stuff that I just put in the way so that they can't stand where they would need to stand to eat it. But right, it's pointed out to me that these little bitches are jumping up on the computer tower that is behind the desk and eating the plant from there. <laughs> they have a lot of free time. <laughs> they are. Yeah. They, they're, they're problem solvers. These girls. I know. And you know, a lot of house, most house plants are toxic. Usually people come to the counter like, is this toxic to cats? And I'm like, probably, but let me Google it. But it's like, you guys should have signage. I, I actually have a, um, a store copy of lists of plants that are claimed to not be toxic. And I always have to warn people. I'm like, you know, the ASPCA says this, says this isn't toxic, but if your plant gnaws down the whole thing, he's probably going to get sick. Not, not to devolve into like business talk, but we should design signage for plants with the tremendous logo on them and then like sell them or give them not even sell them just like, Nurseries be like, here, you can print these and put them next to your plants so that people know what's up. And it's like, is toxic to house plants, needs this watering schedule, needs other things. So this is like, I'm so attracted to you right now because like <laughs> Boys, the, best we're in. Part about, <laughs> the best part about working in the nursery is educating people. And I think there's so much power in educating people about like growing your own food, but also growing your own houseplants to like develop confidence and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I'm always looking for new ways to get new information to new gardeners. And so like, plus not to get businessy or anything, but like five times a week, I'm like, oh, Brady could design something for that. Ooh, Brady would be really good at making a logo for this idea I have. Ooh, Brady, this, that, that. I got like 10 projects in my head I could give to you right now. Give them to me. I I have time on weekends. No, you need to relax. <laughs> but designing can be relaxing. True. Just like gardening is relaxing to me sometimes. I never claimed otherwise. <laughs> sometimes I'm like knee deep in the dirt and I'm like, what the heck? Why did I pick this as a hobby? <laughs> yeah, I feel like today or yesterday 
you were like you want you wanted to do some garden things and then we're just like can't do it today i do it five days a week like i need a day mm-hmm. off which is understandable mm-hmm. like i typically don't design when i'm not at work because it's work and it's like it's what i spend 90 percent of my time doing and i just I can't bring myself to do it when I don't have to be doing it. Mm-hmm. And I want to say, what? I lost my train of thought. What the fuck? We <laughs> 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 could cut this part out. Um, but yeah, that's about all that I have for like houseplant tips and for fall and winter. And I feel like we should have like a, a question submit on our on our website, tremendous.fm. Uh, T R E E M E N D O S dot F M D O U S. That's what I read. <laughs> Just Google it, you'll find it. But I feel like next time for our next houseplant podcast, well, we should come with like, I'll have you like prep some like questions. But that's that's all I have for winter and fall. But I do want to move into the next segment. Okay. And let's, I will, let's go quickly. I will say that. In the last, the last time we tried to record this, I found three news articles and we, I just read through their titles and we just talked about them. Yeah. I found three new ones. I can see that. Yeah. Don't read them. <laughs> well, I, I opened the notes and they're there. So I read them, but I won't say anything. Like I didn't click through to anything. Uh, all I have is the title. So you know how I like writing about houseplants or I like talking about houseplants People love writing about them and they have a lot to say. What is the world saying about houseplants? Oh, just give me one sec. It's loading. Okay. All right. <laughs> so from Rhode Island, the Providence Inquirer says houseplants offer therapy among amid pandemic stress. And I couldn't, I could say this couldn't be truer. Like we've seen increase in houseplant sales lately. I think people, they're at home more. They're willing to spend more money on their house more because they're not out doing things mm-hmm. and they're trying to create this environment that is just easier to live in. And as you said, it's like, it's rewarding to do stuff successfully. And right. I mean, ultimately taking care of houseplants is not to like, uh, yeah. What, what am I trying to say? Not to like lessen what you do for a living, but like ultimately taking care of houseplants is a relatively easy thing to do. Like it's also really easy, it's easy to get it wrong and like plants die and whatever, but it's, it's a really quick hobby to pick up, even though it is like something that's difficult to learn everything or like master technique or whatever. Like it's super easy right. to get into houseplants. Yeah, it is. And I think they also like, they make your area prettier. Like that's just my opinion. I love the color green. So I'm like, throw a little green in it, you know, it makes things more comforting as well. And like, not just the sight of it, but the smell of it as well. Like I notice every time I water these plants, the room just smells fresher. Right. And there are some houseplants do have air cleaning properties. I mean, I, just about every houseplant does photosynthesis. Okay. Let me, not just about every houseplant does photosynthesis, which is a I mean, process of cleaning the air. Every plant. Yes. Continue. Continue, babe. There are some specific houseplants that take certain chemicals out of the air and NASA's done a little bit of a study on it. So there are so many, there are like quite a few benefits to owning houseplants. Hang on a second. Are we just going to brush over NASA? Like I am not a, not a, not a space fanatic. 
Do you want me to pull up the NASA list? You didn't tell me NASA was involved. Yeah, there's a, I don't know how old the study is, but I think it goes something like NASA was wondering if they put houseplants in the spaceships, if it would improve air quality or produce more oxygen. And they didn't run an experiment. And there's like, a, they have, I think it's called like NASA's, I think it's like a list of seven houseplants and they're all different kinds and they all do different things. They all pull certain chemicals out of the air, things that you just don't want. But th- it was a success. Like they grew plants mean? in space. I don't know if they grew plants in space or if they just studied what the plants do in certain environments. So like it's possible they just brought grown plants into space as opposed to bringing seeds and growing them. I think you want the Martian to be real. Well, that is where I was going to try to go with it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they actually brought houseplants into space. I mean, also, I should clarify, I don't want the scenario of a man being trapped on Mars and fighting for his life to be real. That sounds awful. But the idea that humanity but will go to Mars, Mars and grow food, that I think is very exciting. That's a concept Brady could get behind. Uh, I'm already behind it. (laughs) I I don't have the resources to push it forward, but I am right there with support. (laughs) Okay, since this is an international podcast, our next article is coming from CBC. And the article title is How to Propagate Plants at Home. And I thought this was interesting because houseplant propagation, it's easy and then it's not. and. Do you know what CBC stands for? Canadian Broadcast? Corporation, yes. Okay, well done. Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. (laughs) It was a little funny because you're like, international podcast, and then you're like, boom, Canada. Oh, yeah, I'm saying our podcast. I would say we're multinational. Yeah, our multinational podcast has multinational sources. Not, not that this is like an argument we need to litigate on the air. But like you said international and I was like, ooh, Europe, overseas, where, where are we at? <laughs> no, North America, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and like North, North America. Yeah, I know. Which is funny because like I could see houseplant sales being really strong in Canada because you can't garden outside year round in Canada because it's such a it's such a cold climate in the winter. Yeah. And you can't do as many things. But yeah. But okay, so propagating houseplants, complicated. Sometimes you get lucky. But I just thought it was interesting that they chose to do a topic that was like really info intense mm-hmm. instead of just general houseplant care. So do you know what I mean when I say propagate? Uh, yes, I have an idea of the definition of the word propagation. It's not something I feel mm-hmm. comfortable that I could define live on the air, so we don't have to go through that. I don't need I'll to be to roasted for it either, too. everybody, so we'll just leave it alone. But like, I understand so, the general idea of uh, propagating plants. Yeah, I'll just do a little mini live definition. And I don't know if I'm going to get this completely right, but it's when you take your plant, and we'll call it the mother plant, and you take a piece of it and you try to grow a new plant and you call that the pup. They have mother and the pup. And you can do that by a few different ways. So some people will do a leaf cutting where they take a certain part of the leaf in the stem and they try to root it in water 
or in soil directly. Or they do a root division where you take your plant out of the pot, squish, or not squish, but like break apart part of the root system that has foliage growing out of it Mm -hmm. and put it into its own pot. And then you got mother pup. And so there's so many different ways to do it. And there's so many different techniques you need to do for certain plants. And I'm like, this is kind of a complex, like, conversation they're having. Right. And I have... Please continue. (laughs) I have had some success with propagation, um, mostly with, like, water propagation. So this is, like, when I'm taking, like, my Monstera and cut it up to pieces and make sure there's a node on each stem. Mm -hmm. That's where the roots grow out of. Stuck in a vase and lived in that vase for months, like literally months. Grew roots, things like that. What do you have to look out for when you're doing that? Because when we were trying to save the tree, or I, no, not when we were trying to save it, the tree was like accepted as dead. And I was out on the balcony one day and I noticed it had sprouted something new in the soil. So your suggestion mm-hmm. to me was to um, carefully remove the sprout from the soil. And then put it in uh, what ended up being just a drinking glass of water because it was the correct size and letting the roots grow in there before putting it in a pot with soil. And it did that successfully. Like I watched the roots grow and the sprout grew as well and unfortunately left it in there too long. And it, uh, I think it rotted or something. It it died. Mm -hmm. Like it died again. But like, what do you have to look out for so you know that it's been successful in the water and that you can now remove it and put it in soil. So you've already, you're with your question, you've already answered it. It's you're looking out for rot, but like, and that's the, how how do you know when you've, when it has reached the end of its life in the water before it goes too far? It's hard to tell. So when your plant rots, you'll be able, it's, fragrant but not a good fragrance it's smelly um it's squishy a viable plant is not going to be squishy it's going to be firm and once there's a even just a little bit of a sign of rot you sometimes most of the time it doesn't come back so it's it's a really tricky balance and that's why i'm like why are they writing this really quick article about such a like such a process because this is what houseplant dealers do all days they propagate they grow and they, and then they sell. And so like when you're propagating, you're looking for good root growth. You want really healthy, wide, white roots. Yeah. And then you might have green new foliage on top, but it's, I'm, it's hard for me to say when you move it over to soil, usually it's when the root system is very viable. I don't really know what happened with your sprout though. Uh, it started with a, a single little white root when I put it in the Mm -hmm. water Mm -hmm. and the sprout of the actual plant was firm. Like it had it like, like a palm tree, like it had a bit of an arc, but it was firm Mm -hmm. enough that it held itself up. And then over time I watched the white root grow longer and then like branch off into a few other roots. And then the, the leaf kept growing, but stayed firm to the point where it was like, it was holding itself up. And then one day I just noticed it was, it had started to droop over and like the water had gotten mm-hmm. cloudy and like the, the oh, root was yeah. no longer white. It was kind of darkening, which I think is the sign of rot that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. So like, do you just have to, black. pardon me? 
It starts to turn brown and then to black. Okay. So like the first sign of even a little bit of brown is when it's, mm-hmm. you either want to take it out right then, or it could also like already be too late. Correct. And it's a really important thing you mentioned is the cloudiness of the water. I forgot to mention this, but you should changing, you should be changing your water maybe once a week. Okay. That was the other thing is the water was cloudy and then it like looked like there was algae forming on the bottom. Like you wouldn't like mm-hmm. a fish tank or a turtle tank, which is like yeah. what you're regularly cleaning out. Right. I think it's just the collection of the still water. It was collecting some type of bad uh, bacteria that caused it to rot. And another thing is, is you don't necessarily want to dump out all of your water when you're changing the water. I'd maybe dump half of it and then refill it. So it's not a total shock to the root system. That's like totally, well, supposedly sterile water that you're putting in there. Mm-hmm. I think it's similar just, to like, this is, is kind of off topic, but like when you get like aquatic pets, yeah, 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 you need to ease them in, like ease them into the water. And like when you clean a turtle tank, typically you shouldn't replace all the water for similar reasons. Like it's not as bad mm-hmm. for a turtle to, to like wholesale replace the water, but yeah, typically mm-hmm. it's like, it's like tempering when baking, you know, similar concept. Right. Just got to keep the environment nice and clean. We love a clean environment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So my last article I made me laugh. And um, this, this comes from a new source local to you, Brady. It's from the Surrey Now Leader. I thought that was kind of a weird um, article title. Have you heard of this? Uh, yeah, it used to be two different newspapers. It used to be the Surrey Now and then the Surrey Leader. They were two different papers. Oh my and then they merged into one. They could have merged. They could have, could have done a better job on their name. But the title of the article is Seth Rogen to launch cannabis brand called Houseplant. I feel like I have heard this. Mm -hmm. I think it's a recent thing. Yeah, I would think it's super recent if you found it our second go around for this topic, but not our first one. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Do you do you have any news or details? I don't have any details. It will too long didn't read moment, but oh. I thought it was interesting that he called it houseplant because I think you do have to grow cannabis in indoors here. I don't yeah. think we have the perfect climate for it, but like, why would he call it houseplant? Well, I would assume. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the idea is you grow the plants yourself. Mm hmm rather than you buy the like cultivated weed like you normally right. would, right? Like maybe it is like a personal growing thing. I th- I'm going to make a prediction. It might take 30 years, but I think at some point at nurseries, you're going to be able to gra- buy your own marijuana plants. Honestly. Yeah. I would not be shocked by that. I think it's a little, I guess it's not a little strange that you can't already because legalization is still fairly new. Mm-hmm. Um, but that seems like a logical place for them to be. Yeah, if Seth Rogan's doing it right now, man, he's like the leader of the pack. <laughs> <laughs> he he really is. Mm-hmm. And I just learned today is November fourth, so we record it. Obviously, we record it and then we edit and then we post later. So by the time this goes out, it'll be a little bit later. But there are some new states that legalized weed last night for recreational use. I think New Jersey was one of them. 
another one was Arizona. Ooh, big night for Arizona. I know. I'm like, thank God they can finally calm down in that red state that's now going blue. Oh, let's not jinx it. Let's not jinx it. Knock on wood. We still haven't got the results yet. Yeah, I can still flip back. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We should have an answer by the time everyone's listening to this. Mm-hmm. But that's all I have for house plans today. Well, one uh, last little bit. Do you want to know how? Oh, I can't even remember the word you used when you said Surrey Now Leader, but like how local it is to me. How local is it? My first job was delivering their newspapers. <gasps> no way. Yep. I fucking oh hated it. It sucked so much. How early did you have to wake up? Uh, I don't remember waking up early because it might not have been a full-time thing. It may only have been a weekend thing, uh, mm. but it sucked. And it was in the fall and winter, so it was rainy and cold and just fucking yeah. miserable. And <laughs> newspapers are heavy and like fucking bundles of them are friggin' heavy, man. Oh, God, mm-hmm. it was just the worst. I think that's like we're having a full circle moment. Yeah. You as a teenager worked not for, but you delivered this newspaper print. And now we're talking about it. What? 10 years later, maybe. <laughs> yeah. All you news, uh, all you paper people out there. I feel the pain. I feel the struggle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just know it gets better. You move on to better things. <laughs> that's awesome. Is that all we got? <laughs> That's all we got. Is that this topic in the bag? It is this topic in the bag. Ready for the outro? Oh. What if I'm not ready to stop talking? Well, I'll FaceTime you after. No. <laughs> oh, much better, right? <laughs> yeah, that we just made my day so much better. <laughs> okay. Well... Thank you for tuning in. This has been Tremendous, a podcast about houseplants. If you're loving our content, be sure to check us out at Tremendous.fm or at Tremendous.fm on Twitter. And make sure you're subscribed to get notifications of new episodes. Happy planting! <laughs>